welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Saturday of the 24th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy, grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Someone may ask, How are dead people raised, and what sort of body do they have when they come back? They are stupid questions. Whatever you sow in the ground has to die before it is given you life, and the thing that you sow is not what is going to come. You sow a bare grain, say of wheat or something like that. It is the same with the resurrection of the dead. The thing that is sown is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. The thing that is sown is contemptible, but what is raised is glorious. The thing that is sowed is weak, but what is raised is powerful. When it is sown, it embodies the soul. When it is raised, it embodies the spirit. If the soul has its own embodiment, so does the spirit have its own embodiment. The first man, Adam, as scripture says, became a living soul, but the last Adam has become a life-giving spirit. That is, first the one with the soul, not the spirit, and after that, the one with the spirit. The first man being from the earth is earthly by nature. The second man is from heaven. As this earthly man was, so are we on earth, and as the heavenly man is, so are we in heaven. And we, who have been modelled on the earthly man, will be modelled on the heavenly man. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will walk in the presence of God with the light of the living. I will walk in the presence of God with the light of the living. 
My foes will be put to flight on the day that I call to you. This I know, that God is on my side. I will walk in the presence of God, with the light of the living. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not fear. What can mortal man do to me? I will walk in the presence of God, with the light of the living. I am bound by the vows I have made you. O God, I will offer you praise, for you rescued my soul from death. You kept my feet from stumbling, that I may walk in the presence of God, in the light of the living. I will walk in the presence of God, with the light of the living. Alleluia, alleluia. Happy are they who have kept the word with a generous heart, and yield a harvest through perseverance. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. With a large crowd gathering and people from every town finding their way to him, Jesus used this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell on the edge of the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some seed fell on rock, and when it came up, it withered away, having no moisture. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked it. And some seed fell into rich soil, and grew, and produced its crop a hundredfold. Saying this, he cried, Listen, anyone who has ears to hear. His disciples asked him what this parable might mean, and he said, The mysteries of the kingdom of God are revealed to you. For the rest, there are only parables, so that they may see but not perceive, listen but not understand. This then is what the parable means. The seed is the word of God. Those on the edge of the path are people who have heard it, and then the devil comes and carries away the word from their hearts in case they should believe and be saved. Those on the rock are people who, when they first hear it, welcome the word with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of trial they give up. As for the part that fell into thorns, this is people who have heard, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the worries and riches and pleasures of life, and do not reach maturity. As for the part in the rich soil, this is the people with a noble and generous heart, who have heard the word, and take it to themselves, and yield a harvest through their perseverance. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the parable of the sower appears in Matthew, Mark and Luke, um, which means it comes up fairly often in the cycle of readings, and you kind of scratch your head a little bit sometimes and think, okay, well, what's a fresh angle on it? Um, and I, I suppose, you know, there's, there's really no need to find something new in the Gospels. Um, what it's got to say is, is plenty enough for us. Because let's face it, who can read the parable of the sower and go, yep, 100%, I'm yielding a harvest of a hundredfold. But I think 
Today, the thing that's kind of struck me most is this last line of the gospel. Jesus is offering his explanation to the disciples, and he says to them, As for the part in the rich soil, this is people with a noble and generous heart, who have heard the word and take it to themselves and yield a harvest through their perseverance. Now, there are a few qualities that Jesus nominates there as being necessary in order to yield a harvest. Um, He speaks about receiving the word with a noble and generous heart. But the one that stands out to me most at the moment is the need for perseverance. He said, those who receive the word with a noble and generous heart, they take it to themselves and they yield a harvest through their perseverance. You see, the big difference between the first three seeds and the one that falls in the rich soil is time. I mean, take a look. The seed that falls on the path, it gets gobbled up by the birds. It's gone straight away. Then there's the seed that falls among the rock. It it shoots up quickly, but then it withers away because there's no moisture. There's no depth. It's gone very soon. And then you've got the third seed that falls among the thorns. It grows up among the thorns, but then gets choked out by it. It doesn't have time to sink roots. It doesn't have time to yield a harvest. So what's needed? The key factor in bringing about this time is the need for perseverance. It's here that I think we see the parable take a bit of a pivot. You see... The seed falling into different kinds of ground, it it seems like a bit of an accident, right? Some of it falls here, some of it falls there, and some of it falls in a good place. But the reality is that this parable comes to shape our freedom. The question is asked to us, all right, you receive the word, what kind of soil are you? Are you the path that is impenetrable? Are you the soil which is shallow? Or are you the soil among the thorns which is going to choke out the word? We kind of have a choice here. It's not like the seed falls by accident. No, we can become the rich soil. And what makes us rich soil, Jesus says, is, okay, receiving the word firstly with a noble and generous heart, but secondly, to yield a harvest requires perseverance because that seed's got to be there for time. It's got to grow. It needs to take root and it needs to become fruitful. So the question then comes to us. How are we doing? What is our heart and what kind of soil are we providing for the word which God sows? You know, one of our common idiomatic expressions in English is, uh, you know, something's as boring as watching grass grow. Well, Jesus in the parable is telling us that the yielding of a harvest is like watching wheat grow. It goes slowly. And, you know, from day to day, can you really perceive the growth? Can you really see what's being accomplished from one day to the next? Now, I think this is where the question about perseverance comes in. Because the reality is out in the field... Some days are hot, some days are cold, some days are dry. Some days are going to be windy and it's going to feel like the heavy ear of the wheat is going to fall over and break. But all of this contributes to the passage of time which makes possible the yielding of a harvest 
Without it, there's nothing. So I think there's a good question that we can ask ourselves then with regard to our own perseverance. Are we on the path that is leading towards a harvest? That gentle, daily, almost imperceptible path that is a consequence of the seed landing in good soil and becoming fruitful. So let me propose a little litmus test. How are we going with daily prayer? And by that I mean daily prayer. You see, I think it's here that the Dark One likes to play a few games with us. Because the growth of the harvest is so imperceptible, it can seem like one day to the next, the day was not important. That it didn't contribute much. And yet, if you break the chain of days, the harvest doesn't come about. So... Yielding a harvest by means of perseverance means turning up. And the dark one wants to tell you that, oh, look, it doesn't really matter that much. Surely you can skip. The dark one also will tell us, you know, your prayer's probably feeling a bit dry. Doesn't feel like it's actually accomplishing much. Remember, remember the enthusiastic days when you loved God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And when you sat down to pray, it was just magic. Well, that's gone now, so maybe your prayer's not working. And maybe there's no point in doing it anymore. You know what? They're games. What does Jesus ask of us? Perseverance. That's what yields a harvest. Remember a few months ago when Eliud Kipchoge broke the two-hour mark for the marathon? I mean, what an extraordinary feat. Um, He's Catholic, by the way. Uh, Just a little fun fact. But, you know, he's running a marathon. How many footsteps does he take in the journey? Like, I'm I'm sure someone counted. But it's got to be a lot, right? You know, 42 Ks. And you might sort of pause and go, okay, well, how much does one footstep really matter? I mean, in the grand scheme of things... It's only a tiny measure of the distance that needs to be travelled. And yet, if you stop Eliud Kipchoge halfway through his race and say, what is the most important footstep that you take? I'll bet you any amount that he says the next one. That's the most important step. The one that's in front of me, that's what i got to take. Because if I don't take the next step, It doesn't matter how close or far away the finish line is. My next step won't link me to it. I think that's the secret to perseverance. That's how you run a marathon. That's how you yield a harvest. So, do we turn up to prayer? Or do we allow ourselves to kind of be swayed by by the sneaky little temptations of the dark one? Prayer's a bit dry and it doesn't really seem to work. Or you'd be better off skipping prayer for today and doing it tomorrow morning when you're really fresh. Or don't worry, God can wait. The other three seeds don't manage to yield a harvest because they're not in the ground long enough. They don't persevere. Each day we wake up in the morning and we have a choice. 
What kind of soil am I going to be today? At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.